You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studio, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. At the bottom of the hour, Derek Wills, the radio voice of the Flames on Sportsnet 960. Intern John and his crazy Flames, super interesting crazy Flames stat. And we'll wrap up the show. The Flames have yet to win when trailing into the third this season. I have a better chance of blank than the Flames do for a comeback win. But right now, to tee up the Rangers and Flames tomorrow night, should be a good one down at the Dome. New York Rangers TV host for SNY, NBC Sports, Sirius XM, Julie Stewart-Binks. Good morning, friend. How are you? Uh, it's great to talk with you, George. I was so pumped when I found out I was asked to come on the big show with you and Maddie. So thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. I uh, know. Uh, thank, thanks for jumping on, Julie. How fun was that game at Madison Square Garden a week and a half ago? I mean, which one, really, at this point? They've been all, like, very <laughs> exciting. But, uh, of course, it's the, yeah, the Calgary game, the game of the year really everyone's been talking about, even if you aren't a Rangers fan, it just seems like it's transcended the entire NHL, which, you know, it really did have everything. And of course, like if you're a Rangers fan, seeing them come back and be able to win and in the overtime winner be from Alexis Lafreniere, who's been, you know, had, had a bit of a slump earlier on, but has done well after being reunited with the kid line. It's just, uh, it's been exciting. And also seeing just like, we want to see the passion and the hits and the fights and, you know, whatever side you're on with that, it's still just great to see guys playing at a playoff level when it's what it was the beginning of February at that point. So it just makes everything more exciting. Um, we talked about it on our show, Julie. How crazy is it how Jacob Trubas essentially just flipped his whole career around and turned into this physical force that people in Winnipeg are saying, where the hell was this guy when he played for the Jets? <laughs> yeah, it, it really is fascinating. I was thinking about it the other night because it's almost like uh, a Jekyll and Hyde type of situation where you kind of forget, at least like when you're in New York, that, oh, yeah, he was a member of the Winnipeg Jets and was kind of like a bit of a different player there where here he's known for his hits, usually for ones that have gotten him in trouble or who have, that have escalated the game in a negative way, but believe against Calgary that wasn't the case so he was on the right side of the hits in that regard but he has certainly solidified himself as the guy to watch out for as as someone who when he's on the ice like you you got to keep your head up because Jacob Truba is hunting out there and he's been you know just when you need someone to establish that kind of character in a lineup like he's definitely the one they look to at this point because they have so many skilled guys they have depth on scoring it's just like being able to kind of you know solidify that presence in terms of like giving a bit of bite to other teams they had that with ryan reeves last year and they haven't really necessarily had that this season like no one is really scared of them so i think truba is a guy that that can kind of spook other teams now, when you look at the the blue line as a whole, I feel like Truba kind of encapsulates what they like to do with this blue line. Obviously, Adam Fox is out there doing all the offensive things, but when you look down the list, Mikola added a big kind of hard-nosed defenseman. Keandre Miller's a big hard-nosed defenseman. Lindgren is a, a hard guy to play against. Like That's kind of the M.O. for the blue line in New York. 
It is like that's definitely a big part of it. And you mentioned you just rattled off names that have done so well this season and seeing the fact that, you know, seeing Keandre Miller just really sort of step into his own and, and become this piece that the Rangers want to be able to keep for seasons to come. Adam Fox has been absolutely incredible, but they have, I mean, they've contributed offensively so much so that like they've, they need some guys like Amikola that you mentioned that kind of need to stay home and mm. not necessarily jump up into the rush all the time because that's kind of gotten them in trouble, at least in the last couple games, just with giving up so many goals. But they have you know, incredible pieces. The fact that Ben Harper, that they just signed to uh, an extension, is now the seventh defenseman and not really getting as much time as we saw before is a credit to the depth that they have, which will come into play as we know in the playoffs going forward. So they have they have some some great players on their in their decor. They just have been a little bit loose recently, I'd say, and that might have contributed to why we're seeing Igor Shesterkin being put on the hot seat too. Just because you mentioned Keandre Miller and, and the 23-year-old and how they'd like to keep him around, do you see it being difficult for the Rangers to keep not only him but you know Lafreniere and uh, Philip Heedle are both RFAs at the end of the season too? Yes, I know. It's a, That's the biggest issue for the Rangers right now is just figuring out how to, to keep everyone in place with the cap situation that they have. And I don't have the numbers at my fingertips right now, but that is going to be the, the issue just going forward into the off season. But I think like right now, at least they're just looking toward the playoffs and trying to, mm-hmm. you know, they after getting Tarasenko, it's like, and you have arguably while he's not relatively playing right now at the best in the world, one of the best goaltenders in the world with Igor Shesterkin, mm-hmm. it kind of just feels like the timeline is, we got to get something done. We came so close last year to the Stanley Cup final. This is sort of a window we need to capitalize on. So uh, I'm not necessarily sure how they're going to manage the books in the off season. I do know that they will make Keandre Miller a priority. I'm not necessarily sure where uh, Alexis Lafreniere fits in with that. Um, what about Capel? Cap Capel Cackle. It's always a tough one to say. Um, he's a guy yeah, that. Yeah. It was. It's, it's always a mouthful in our business. Um, he's a guy who's taken so high in the draft, Julie. Like, what? How's his progression gone here? Because obviously the attention all in Lafreniere being a number one overall pick, but this guy was taken really high in the draft, and so far in his NHL career as a whole, he's been a little underwhelming. Are there signs of the guy that was taken second overall here with the Rangers lately? Definitely. I mean, he's he's had a, a career season, as as I like to say. I mean, he's. Every time he scores a point or a goal, it's like a new career high for Papo Caco, which <laughs> some of the Rangers fans sort of laugh at because it's like, well, it's been pretty low up until this point. But you can see signs of him, of course. We saw signs of it last year in the playoffs with the kid line. It was him and Heedle and Lafreniere and them doing so well. And then when Gallant kind of split them up, didn't necessarily work out. They were trying to figure out that right wing spot on the top line for a really long time. Tarasenko solidifies that so then you're able to have these guys together and he's done he's done really well this season and you know when you look back to how these guys started it's it's so wild how where we are right now it's it's almost like we've kind of forgotten what the last two and a half years have been like where some of these guys started their careers in the pandemic or in the bubble or in a shortened season and they had to deal with that and last year was sort of their first real sort of taste of a real season and even with that that was in a precarious way too because of different issues with COVID so 
this is like the first real NHL season in a way for a lot of these guys. So that's why the sample size is unique. But with Capocaco, he's done really well. You can tell his confidence is up. He's been contributing a ton. And there's been just reading about him really connecting with having another Finnish player on the team with Nikola because this, you know, you're coming from another country, you speak a different language. It's, it's sometimes not as easy as we just assume guys can just kind of fit in because they're a good player. Like there's so many other layers to go into mm-hmm. just being able to gel with the team. And I saw that Molly Walker from the New York Post had put um, in her article that he was FaceTiming with Nikola, just trying to figure out what to wear that day. Like, right, there's just little things that now he has another guy on the team that will just make everything more comfortable and also make Nikola's transition more comfortable as well. So that all plays into the big scheme of these guys doing well. But we know the kid line has uh, has contributed, has kind of they kind of carried them through a little bit of a rough patch in a way when, you know, we saw Hito having an absolute um, banana sandwich yeah. of an outburst that no one expected uh, at all. And then now it's so un- it's not so unique because nothing can be so unique. It's just unique. Uh, it's unique now that um, Artemi Panarin has become the star, right, in the last two games, having six goals. Like, would you have predicted that a week ago? No, not, not at all. He's, he was throwing himself under the bus at the All-Star game, saying, like, I don't know why I'm in the shooting accuracy challenge. I only have... 12 goals on the season and so he's he's added six more to that and it's been it's been really exciting to watch with the rangers because there's always been like a new story every night so they are there there's no lack of goals no lack of excitement 18 goals in three games that's 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 quite a lot of goals yeah um is is julius hedel now the name in the nhl that people who don't follow the game would never be able to pronounce his name properly the way it's spelled 100%. I think people that even in New York are just like, is it Philippe? Um, is it Chi? You know, like, how do we say this guy's name? It's kind of like, he's kind of like the Brady Shea, right? Like, where yeah. no one really, that obviously is the, the famous sketch on SNL. And, um, oh gosh, that Chance the Rapper was just looking yeah. at his last name, like, nope, not going to try to pronounce that there. <laughs> I think a lot of us felt that way. At least I remember seeing him when he was younger and he was playing. He was a Regina Pats prospect, like um, part mm-hmm. of their system. We never played with him. But when seeing his name, I'd be like, oh, gosh, I, I don't even want to try with that one. But I think that Hedo is, is one that, yes, people around the league would be like, well, wait, where did this guy come from? And like, oh, he's been there for a while. And then now he's he, he was contributing exponentially. So it's 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 been great to see a lot of these guys just kind of find their stride when they, when they were maybe having a difficult time earlier this year. And then since like December 5th, their numbers have been insane. They've gone 21, four and three, 45 points. It's tied for the most in the league. So it's, um, you kind of don't feel with the Rangers, like everything's clicking, they're peaking, they're scoring goals. They are allowing a lot of goals, which is sort of the, the downside of all this you worry that like maybe they're peaking too soon, but who's to say that, you know, who's to hmm. say in hockey, like what, what peaking too soon is and what that means and when it is uh, in all relative scale of the league. Julie, you mentioned the relationship with uh, Capo Caco and Nico Mikola. 
But the relationship between Vladimir Tarasenko and Artemi Panarin is a different one. Like right now, they are rivaling Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman for best pals in the show. Uh, how much of a boost is this given to the Rangers team? Oh, I mean, it, it's it's uh, incredible. You you were right there, spot on with it. It's like, you know, because we were people were kind of saying, well, I mean, Vladimir Tarasenko came in. Like, what is it like that Panarin scoring all these goals? Like, well. It, I think a lot of it is just even Tarasenko's presence of being on the team. And, of course, it, he has contributed, and even his first goal came so early in that first game and seeing the body language of the guys. And you can see that Panarin's kind of like he's, he's like a puppy, and he has like his puppy friend with him at practice. And it's and it's really great to see, and sometimes that can just like, <laughs> you know, puppy friends. Like, that's, like, that's a thing. Um, and so you can see that it might, like, make a guy feel, uh, I don't know, it just kind of changes your mentality. Maybe there's there's less of a weight on you to be kind of like the guy. And then the fact that he was demoted to the second line in that game against uh, Carolina and then in the last four periods, in that last two games, found a way to make things work with Vincent Trocek, who he uh, Panarin hadn't been able to really for the first half of the year. It It, it kind of speaks to maybe just like, the whole chemistry of the team, right? Like when you add someone new to the, like to any workspace you have, you have someone new that walks in or comes in and maybe they just change the vibe in the locker room or they then inspire someone else. And it's like a ripple effect amongst people. So mm. if Panarin is feeling it because of Tarasenko, that's only going to help everyone else on the team. So I think that this is, this is a huge, huge move when you look at it. You know that the Rangers are going for it when you see Tarasenko as a part of that lineup. And then the fact that his immediate presence uh, elicited a goal but then has elicited everyone else playing at a higher level is, is great. It's great to see if you are part of the Rangers front office. Would you say that it's become a lot more fun to play with the New York Rangers and that could be maybe attributed to some of their success? I mean, I don't know what it's like to play with them, but I'm hoping someday soon I get a call to, you know, get in that lineup. But I think it's kind of really sad. It's fun to watch. Yeah, it's fun to watch them right now. They are they're kind of like the least, though. Like if I was to make um, sort of a similar to someone in Canada where, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure on a team like this because they're in a huge market. And, you know, ticket mm-hmm. prices are extremely expensive. They have uh, an owner who expects a lot. And so it's not necessarily like, oh, this is a great woohoo, exciting all the time. Like it's, it's business, very much so. But you can tell, and there's still a lot of business to be done with this team too. And I think though it is, as you mentioned, of course, watching the team, seeing them, being around them, when you're winning and when things are clicking and when an, an acquisition starts to work out and you are on the second half of your season, looking toward the playoffs, which in a metropolitan division has been just musical chairs, at least in the lower part of it, you are excited about what you have. And so I think that right now it's just about fortifying your lineup, like trying to figure out how that top six looks, because we did think that Panarin would be on that top line. And maybe he will with Sabanajad and Tarasenko at some point again because Gallant likes to move his lines around but you kind of see like all right we're starting to get the I I said this on TV the other night but you get like that corner puzzle piece in place 
where it's not the full puzzle. It's not like you have everything, but you have structure that helps you go forward. And so then now you look at the bottom six, which then really it's just the the fourth line is trying to figure out kind of who's on that, who's in, who's out, and with the Vitaly Kravtsov situation. And, and, and then also, of course, with Igor Shosturkin, just trying to maybe hope that this is just a bit of a mini slump right now. And going forward, though, you know you have a good backup. So when in the playoffs, of course, with depth. But I think that there is a lot of positivity around the scene. But then now the expectations are so much higher. Like just, I think we kind of forget sometimes how far they got in the playoffs last year against Tampa and how close they were to making it to the Stanley Cup. And so fun is good when you're winning, but it's also adds a lot more pressure when you know you have to go and do something this year. Uh, Julie Stewart-Binks, uh, Rangers TV host, SNY New York, NBC Sports, Sirius XM on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960, The Fan. Okay, Julie, uh, you're from the GTA. Uh, you're a Toronto girl. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to paint this picture with words for you. Leafs and Rangers in the Eastern Conference Final. Which way are you going? Well, I'm a, I'm a journalist, of course, George. Um, you know, I'm, I'm right down the middle. There's a lot of integrity there. You're just dripping with integrity. I'm, I'm cheering for a good game and no overtime, as we know, in the biz. So okay. I would say, um, honestly, yeah. I mean, the Toronto, like, if, if at least have gotten to the Eastern Conference Final, everyone in Toronto is okay with things. But then, as like anything in the world... Once you get one thing, you want something else. You're not satisfied, right? Like everyone says, oh, just win, just, you just need to win the first round of the playoffs. Oh, no, no. They win the first round of the playoffs, and then everyone in Toronto is like, they've got to win the next round, and they've got to win the next round and win the Stanley Cup. Like you aren't, you're never satisfied with like that one thing. And that's also true in life, if I can impart some wisdom. Got to be able to enjoy what you have right now and not look for success because you will never be happy. So in terms of that, I think that I would be happy with that matchup because it would be exciting. It would be very difficult in my household as my 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 boyfriend is a Rangers fan, very, very big, big, big <laughs> Rangers fan. And so um, we would be watching from different TVs in different rooms, that's for sure. But I'd hopefully be – I'd love to cover that. Like last yeah. year, just so you know, I can put on that hat, right? I was on the sideline for TNT doing Toronto and Tampa – and so I'm very much down the middle. And I told I told TNT, you know, I'm from Toronto. I just want to let you guys know. And I said, that's great. You understand the pulse of the city and what it's like for them. I was like, that's such an interesting vibe because I've never heard that, right, from if they'd want to take you off of something that, that you had maybe a, hmm. a, a background with or an affiliation with in some sort of way. But it was. That was that was really great and really cool, except for I got COVID, but whatever, we won't talk about that. Um, and so, but yeah, it would be great for, I think, hockey, right? Two original six teams. Give me it, right, inject it into my veins. Yeah, and, it, and it's always interesting when you work in this business. Like, the teams you cover, you want them to do really well because it's just good for your job, uh, the ratings. Everyone's happy when the team wins. Much like in here in Calgary, yeah, if this team misses the playoffs – it's going to suck, Julie. It's going to suck real bad uh, if the Calgary Flames yeah. aren't playing playoff games come the spring. It is tough. I, when I worked with the Anaheim Ducks, that was also like we would want, I would want the Ducks to win so much because it's like that plane ride home is so bad when they lose. Actually, they lost to Edmonton one year on New Year's 
Eve. I remember it quite vividly because uh, Jean Principe was wearing a New Year's Eve hat on air, of course, because Jean Principe is the legend. And so uh, they lost to the Oilers that night. And then we took a plane ride from Edmonton to Vancouver. And I believe New Year's happened while we were on the plane. And it was just like dead silence because they lost. And I was like, yeah, this is, this sucks big time. So you want them to win. And even against Toronto, I was like, please, Ducks, win. Because I don't want that plane ride from Toronto back to Orange County to be as bad as it feels. So, yeah, if you, I'm not, I'm, you know, not a Rangers uh, I'm not with the Rangers, like, on their plane or anything like that. And if that was the case, then, yes, that would be, like, please destroy the Leafs. But that's that's not the case right now. Um, before I let you go, you also do a great job of hosting Counterattack on Sirius XM uh, radio with Eric Winalda. Um, just want to get uh, – just want to just ask you about this. What kind of disaster, and I know we don't have too much time, but what kind of disaster is the Canadian Soccer Association right now? Oh, gosh, man. Yeah, it's pretty, it's really bad. Um, I think last night's match against USA was, um, actually, I will say, when I did talk with Eric Winalda about it, first of all, CSA is uh, in a lot of hot water right now. And But Eric was talking about how this is a great time for it to happen because they have leverage with the World Cup coming up. That being said, I mean, I'm. I hope that this can be resolved because I know that the team said that they will boycott going and protest going to April camp. They got to get something done. This is a distraction. This is a World Cup year. You're reigning Olympic champion. Just figure it out because these women are not even doing it for themselves. They're doing it for future generations, which is, speaks volumes to their character and. I love seeing the U.S. women and the Canadian women all come together before the match last night because the U.S. women had to go through the same thing. So it's greater than the game. But it is it really does suck at this point. And so, I mean, CSA, if you're listening, just just do it. Give them the money. You know, give them yep. the support. They deserve it. And, and show some receipts while we're at it here, too. Um, show some receipts, mm-hmm. CSA, where some of that bank Definitely. has gone because uh, there was a lot of bank that the CSA has made uh, lately here. Um, Julie Stewart-Binks, New York yeah. Rangers TV host, SNY, NBC Sports, Series XM. It's been fun to catch up, friend. Let's do it again <laughs> soon. It is. You know, yeah, George and I did radio for a week together in the pandemic. I don't even – I've never even met you before. We talked for three hours a day. I, I don't even know if I would spot you in a crowd. We've never even met in person in real life. <laughs> But but you and I have a bond that'll never be broken, Julie. Yeah, we have that bond. Yes, because the, the Jays were really bad then, and then they turned really good after that. So I'll never forget that. So uh, yeah, and uh, on the big show, and thank you guys for having me on. Uh, th- thanks a lot for the kind words. Uh, we'll we'll catch up with you soon, especially if the Rangers are making a deep playoff run. Thanks for this. <laughs> thanks. Bye, guys. There she goes, Julie Stewart Binks. Um, New York Rangers TV host, SNY, NBC Sports, Sirius XM on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Maddie. Using the same secret recipe since when? 1975. Dining at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. It's a secret. See, it's easy for you in this market because you love Calgary and the Calgary Flames. Yeah, so yeah. It's so it's a double win for you, right? Wait, wait which aspect? What are we talking about? No, like like professionally and personally, if the Flames do well. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, when you're somebody yeah, like Julie, who, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. following the Rangers, and, like, let's say they're they're playing the Leafs, who she grew up a Leaf fan, she's conflicted a little bit, right? Yeah, 100%. No, that's that's easily But it. you yeah. you that's why you live and die by the team, because it's awesome here. when they're great. All my yeah. friends are huge haunts yes. of the team. It would that's be right. Yeah. So winning the Stanley the great- Cup in Calgary would not only be great for you personally, but great for you professionally. I guess it's a double would, bonus. Yeah. I think but it at would the same awesome. time, you eat it both ways when they're not good. It was like last year. Last year was great. I had a yeah. lot of fun. Got to host a show for the first time. Flames were good. Went to the playoffs. Everything was gravy. This has been harder. Yeah, and then when they lose a game last night, it's an S sandwich. That's yeah. essentially what it is. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. 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 I don't know what would be horror <laughs> as far as covering a team that doesn't live up to its expectations, or just covering like a bad team, like a Ducks team. Get, okay. Yeah. No bad team. No bad team. It's easy to be negative all the time. But <laughs> can I just say that I have hosted shows the one day the next day where the Leafs have fallen flat on their face in the playoffs again yeah and how much I used to enjoy those shows just running them over backing up the truck it was great (laughs) I can't I can't lie like maybe it makes me feel like a bit of a a sadist but it was it was great hosting those things because people were upset too very angry oh yeah and you and you get a lot of the I'm never watching the team again texts and tweets yep yep yeah oh yeah seen plenty of those over the years enough of the negativity on the calgary flames let's see if we can get some positivity from our next guest Derek wills on the flames sure let's let's get a positive spin on the calgary flames 25 minutes on dylan dubay coming up next man that was a great (laughs) shot though like we we, you'll always remember that shot from this season on that wrister big fan um, also, uh, intern, uh, John's crazy flame stat of the day to wrap up his week. And we'll maybe squeeze in some more text messages on, uh, the flames, uh, just incapable of coming back in the third period. One more segment to go for the week. Big show, Russick and Rose sports at 960, the fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from the athletic for a look at the latest on your Calgary flames and NHL news. Go click and subscribe to the hockey central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studio, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. To wrap up the week, intern John's crazy flame stat. And I think we'll sneak in a couple texts. The Flames have yet to win when trailing into the third this season. I have a better chance of blank than the Flames do for a comeback win. Enough negativity about the Calgary Flames, Maddie. I'm tired of the negativity this morning. Yeah. It's Friday. Okay. It's Friday. It's 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 almost a long weekend. Hell yeah. Let's get let's let's try to be positive about the Calgary Flames and to yeah. help us with that. He is the radio voice of the Flames on Sportsnet nine sixty. We say good morning to Derek Wills. Hey pal, how are you? I'm hanging in there. How are you guys doing? There he is. Good. Um wanna ask you this quick question first. I know you're a diehard Dolphins fan mm-hmm. and you love the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. But just out of a sheer interest in fun and how cool it would be, it'd be a lot of fun if Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets, wouldn't it? Just for the fun of that division. Nope. Okay. <laughs> nope. Hard, I mean, hard, pass. hard no. 
Okay. You know what? After two decades of having to deal with Tom Brady and the Patriots, I, I don't need the Jets, <laughs> who are already a pretty good young team, having yeah. Aaron Rodgers under center. Okay. I mean, he's a bit of a whack job, but he's a hell of a quarterback. So, yep. yeah, he can get out of the AFC East, as far as I'm concerned. I think the Dolphins have a chance to win the division next year. So, uh, I don't need more competition for them. He can stay in Green Bay, or maybe I think he's going to go to Las Vegas. That's my uh, that's okay. my bet. What if he just um, stays there, in his little shed, in his little darkness retreat? In his darkness. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he's not the only one in a darkness retreat right now after last night. Oh. Um, okay. Well, Derek, again, uh, that sounded a little negative. Uh, we want to be positive now about the Calgary Flames. Okay. Can you give us anything positive from last night's game? Um, the Dylan, Dylan Dubé shot. Goal. Yeah, Dylan yeah. Dubé scored a beautiful goal. I actually, and I said this on the broadcast last night, I love the confidence that Dylan Dubé is playing with and the confidence, and we didn't see it as much last night, but uh, for most of the season we have, I love the confidence that Tyler Toffoli is playing with right now. Just watching those two guys shoot the puck, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, Dubé comes racing it up the right side and lifts his head, takes a look, and just fires it inside the post and in. Uh, he's on an absolute heater right now, three goals and seven points, and sorry, four goals and seven points in his last three games, and I think playing the best hockey of his life right now. So that's been a story for the Flames this season, and it couldn't have been a better guy. Like, we've watched this kid grow up. Uh, of course, born and partly raised in Golden, B.C., but also raised uh, right here where I am uh, in Cochrane. Uh, so, you know, he's a local kid who has put in the work off the ice. He's finished first in fitness testing each of the last two seasons. He's put in the work on the ice. You guys have been to practice. He's always one of the last guys off the ice. It's been that way for years. So when a guy works as hard as has worked, you want to see him succeed. He took a big step last season. He's taken an even bigger step this season. So great to see him having success. So that would be one positive for me. Uh, it was good to see Rasmus Anderson back in the lineup. I mean, what happened to him in Detroit? It's kind of the flame season in a nutshell. He's just minding mm -hmm. his own business, riding a scooter, going to meet up with some teammates for dinner, and he gets hit by a car. I mean, really? Poor guy. I'm glad he's okay, and I'm glad he was back in last night. As the coaches said, I thought he looked a little sluggish in the first period, got better as the game went on, but it was great to see him back, and I'm sure he'll be even better on Saturday night. But, oof, that was a tough one last night, guys. Uh, the, the roller coaster ride continues. Um, you want you want a positive that I found? I really yeah. liked Chris Tanev's post game comments. Me Being too. The leader that that guy is taking the He's blame wrong. when clearly it wasn't his fault. Yeah, he was wrong, but he was right for saying what he said. <laughs> if you mean to, to blame himself for anything bad that happens to the Flames is wrong. The guy is an absolute warrior. As much as any player that I've covered in my nine seasons in Calgary. I mean, the guy played with one arm in last year's Stanley Cup playoffs. And I think he's done it to a lesser extent at times this season, too. And he finished plus one in a game where his team lost. I mean, I love what he said. I'm with you, George. Uh, I saw that quote last night. I actually read it, uh, courtesy of Wes Gilbertson on our post game because I thought it was important to do that. But I'm hoping that that 
in some way, shape, or form brings the team together. When a guy like Chris Tav, who gives you everything he's got every single day, like that and shoulders to blame when clearly it wasn't on him, I hope his teammates take notice of that. They should. Um, Derek, let's reconnect with your um, signal. Your 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 line is a little wonky here. Uh, we'll just okay. gonna put you on hold. Reconnect with you, uh, GVP. Let's reconnect with Derek because his line. I feel like uh, maybe there's somebody trying to make cabbage rolls on the line because it, <laughs> it's a little wonky. <laughs> They're trying, man. They're trying. Everyone always trying to sneak into the darn system. Yeah, um, but we'll reconnect with him. Um, so there's two positives. Uh, Dylan Dubay's shot. Yeah. And Chris Tanev, you know, trying to take, you know, arrows for his team. Uh, there, there's two positives. That feels like a real spin for positive on the second one there. Well, I... <laughs> right? Like, okay. that's a little... <laughs> that's, that's a little bit of a PR email trying to <laughs> kind of tidy things up there. But I do believe we have Derek back as well. Um, Derek Wills, the voice of the flames rejoins us. Uh, hopefully that's better. Just a little wonky. It happens sometimes. Oh, when it works, it works about 49% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, right off the hop, there was a little janky, oh, hopefully but hopefully this is one of that. One of the 49% right now. Yeah. yeah hopefully it, it, it does work. Um, goaltending, uh, is a, is a hot button issue. And I talked about this stat earlier on in the show, uh, Derek, this is the worst goals against Daryl Sutter's ever had as a head coach. A three, uh, three even goals against for his goaltending tandem of Marstrom and Vladar. And as I brought up to Maddie earlier, it's not like the Flames are giving up a ton of shots. They've given up the second fewest shots in the league. Goaltending's clearly an issue here. It it really is, and it's easy to point the finger at your goaltender, but. The numbers don't lie. They don't give up a ton of shots, but they're also not getting a ton of saves. They're not, and it has been an issue. There's no doubt about it. And the funny thing, or at least the interesting thing is, going into the season, I really thought that the Flames with Jacob Markstrom and, and Dan Vladar in his second full season as an NHLer could have one of the best goaltending tandems in the NHL. Didn't expect them to get 11 shutouts this season like they did last, but... I also didn't expect that 55 games into the season that neither guy would have one. Uh, it's it's almost hard to wrap your head around. And Dan Vladar has done a really good finding ways to win. And there have been some games where he hasn't been at his best, but the team in front of him has scored a lot of goals and bailed him out. And Jacob hasn't had a lot of those games this season. Uh, last night have been... Vladar's worst game of the season. I thought he fought the puck from the get-go. He looked really uncomfortable for some reason. I thought there were at least two, maybe three goals that he'd like to have back. But I'll defend the goaltending tandem by saying this. It was another night where the guys weren't good enough in front of the goaltender. So, yeah, it's partly on Dan Vladar. And Daryl Sutter was pretty in his post-game comments about the goaltending last night. But I would also say that uh, forwards and defensemen in front of Ladar weren't good enough last night, and there have been too many nights like that. So it's easy to point the finger at one guy, and when you're a quarterback in football or when you're a goaltender in hockey, chances are when the team loses, you're going to get more blame than anybody else. It's just kind of the way it works. But 
Vladar didn't make enough saves last night, and there have been games where Markstrom hasn't made enough saves this season, and that has to change in the final 27 games of the season. We know that both guys are capable of being better, and they're going to have to be better. But then again, so are the players in front of them. What did you make of the Alan Walsh tweet, which I'm sure you've seen by now? Yeah, he's really the only agent that uh, drops those bombs on social media. Yep. I'm not a, a huge fan of it. Uh, the time was interesting. I'm not even sure he had a chance to chat with his client uh, <laughs> based on the timing of that tweet after last night's game. I think, quite frankly, it puts Jonathan Huberto in potentially a tough spot. Um I, I think if I was the player or if I was the team, I would probably prefer my agent didn't do that. But uh, there's probably <laughs> more to the story than what we know is, is what I'll say. And uh, maybe it's something that's been building up for uh, for quite some time. Have you seen improvement with Huberto in that line with Kadri and Peltier? You know, it's crazy, guys. And I don't know if you saw it the same way. There weren't enough Flames who were emotionally engaged in last night's game from With, the get-go. Without a doubt. But the one, guy, the one guy who popped for me most early last night was Jonathan Huberdeau. Mm -hmm. And I said in the broadcast that it looked like he had a burn in his saddle. Like he looked like he was mad at the world last night and he was taking it out on the Red Wings. You know, there was a big hit on Dylan Larkin. It was a really strong play and Larkin actually left the game for a little while. And then he was looking for any battle that he could find. And I thought Jonathan Huberdeau had a, a really strong first part of the game. Um, so I think there has been some improvement in his game, but I think he'd also be the first guy to tell you that he has to not only be better, but has to be a lot better. Uh, we know that he can be. He has been, uh, if not a superstar, than a star for a number of seasons in this league. Uh, last season more so than any other when he had 115 points and finished tied for second in the Art Ross Trophy race. You know, it's a crazy stat, and I think a telling stat as well. And I always talk about how good players can have bad games and good teams can have bad games. And once in a while, good players and good bad seasons. So when you look at last season and compare it to this season, Jonathan Huberto's drop in points per game is number one in the NHL. Awesome Kadri, believe it or not, who I don't think's had a bad season, is number two. You know who's number three? Patrick Kane, pretty good player. He's going to the Hall of Fame, right? You know who's number four? Johnny Gaudreau. Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? So the one thing I do wonder about the team, I don't know about you guys, but the last few years I've spent a lot of time lying in bed, wanting to fall asleep, unable to because I'm worried about something or wondering about something, and my mind tries to connect dots. Last night was one of those nights for me. Mm. Have you guys ever been swimming in the ocean in the dark? Uh, well, uh, that's uh, okay. Going into uh, the water at night is bad news, uh, Derek. That's kind of one thing I've learned in my life. But yes, I know. What I, you're I don't know about. Yeah, I don't know why this popped into my head last night, but it did. So I'm going to share it with you. So I've done okay. it once, and I'll never do it again. You know, I don't know why. Because the it's one time I did it, all I could think about was. What's happening under the surface that I can't see? Hmm. So this flame season has me wondering that. This flame season has me swimming in the ocean in the dark. Hmm. Because I look at this team on paper, guys. I know they don't have a generational player per se, but I think they're really deep. 
And I think they have a lot of really good players. And I think they're way, they're not way better than what the record says they are because they are what the record says they are. But I think they have the potential to be way better than what their record is 55 games into the season. Uh, and I'm hoping they figure it out sometime soon. They're going to have to to get into the playoffs because I believe if they get into the playoffs and you win game one of a best of seven series, you forget about the last 82 games. They're, they're, they no longer matter because you've taken home ice advantage away from the other team that worked hard for 82 games. And, and basically the only advantage they have is if the series goes to a seventh and deciding game, they'll play it on home ice. If that's even an advantage in this day and age. So for me, the flames just have to figure it out in the final 27 games and get in and give themselves a chance. I think about, you know, Daryl Sutter's team back in 2012, uh, the Kings finished eighth in the Western conference and won the Stanley cup. More recently, I think about the Canadians. Uh, I know it was a strange season with the pandemic, but in 2020, when they led the league in loser points, which the Flames are doing right now, got in as the fourth seed in the Canadian division and went all the way to the Stanley Cup final. It happens. So the Flames have to make it happen. The other thing that really struck me after last night's game, guys, thinking about all the intangibles that the Flames really haven't had on a consistent basis this season, belief would be one of them. And I think what got me thinking about that was what happened in Ottawa on Monday night. Don't you think what the Senators did to the Flames is what the Flames did to so many teams back in that 2014-2015 find-away flame season where they would get completely outplayed, goaltender once, maybe even twice, fire a puck off the scoreboard, the popcorn vendor, and the parking lot attendant, and into that and find a way to win those games. That's kind of what the Senators did on Monday. The mm. Flames played great for 57 minutes. And when I think about the last six games, really, Chris Tanev talked about the roller coaster ride that this season has been. In the final game before the break, they played a great game in Seattle. In the first game after the break, they played a great game in New York. Game two of the road trip, they were not good in Detroit. Game three of the road trip, played 40 or more fantastic minutes and scored seven unanswered goals in Buffalo. Game five of the road trip, they played great for what, 50 plus minutes? and lost 4-3 in overtime in Ottawa. And then there was last night, another game where they weren't good enough. So it has been a roller coaster ride. They've got to get off the roller coaster ride, guys. There's still time to do it, but they better do it soon. And when I say that, I mean Saturday. They have to be a lot better. Yeah. And there's no reason why they, they shouldn't be uh, with the Rangers coming. And they played probably the game of the season in the NHL at Madison Square Garden in New York on that last road trip. A lot of bad blood with Jacob Truba and the Rangers. There, there's no reason for the Flames not to be emotionally engaged in that game from the get-go. And when they play that way, they're a tough team to beat. Derek Wills is the voice of the Flames on Sportsnet 960. Uh, Derek, always great stuff. We, we're looking forward to the call tomorrow. Thanks for this. All right, guys. Good chatting with you. Uh, I felt like a little therapy this morning. so uh, appreciate I did. That. We appreciate that. We appreciate a positive spin on that Have bad a good win one. last night. There he goes, Derek Wills on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Parkist Hotline, using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take out or delivery at 403-248-3344. All right, got about three minutes here uh, in our week. Maddie, uh, intern John has been with us the entire week. He's given us some nuggets on the Calgary Flames. Uh, we're assuming the numbers are correct and true, although we've never fact-checked anything intern John has told us the entire week. 
but we look forward to another edition of um, a super fun Flames interesting stat from Intern John. GVP, do we have any music underneath for Intern John? Do you got going? Uh, one sec. Okay, <laughs> no problem. Uh, Intern John, are you ready for your crazy flame stat here? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, we we, we got to have a little bit of music underneath. Or Just randomly on. pick anything, GVP. A little GVP. bit of a duty. Diddy. Yeah, that's my bad. I should have told GVP we have music oh, for this. Geez. I'll take oh, responsibility geez. on this one. Rough. Okay. Someone's got his eyes on the weekend. <sighs> All right, go ahead, John. <laughs> okay. So starting from the Atlanta Flames all the way till now, there have been about okay. 646 different players to play for the Flames. And I looked at all of them. 28% of the players, which is 184, have had unique names. Now, we're looking at the top names here. The top names were Mike or Michael, Chris or Christopher, and Mark. Now, if we look at the top two for Mike and Chris... Let's take a look at uh, top 100 players in points on the Flames all time. <clears throat> what? Three okay. for Mike, the top being Backlund, of course. Uh-huh. One for Chris. Goals per game, top 10 players. Two for Mike. Zero for Chris. Assists per game, top 10. One Mike. Games played, top 10. One Mike. Really, what I'm getting from this is if your name is Michael and you've been playing for the Flames for about 15 years now, uh, Backlund, give or take, uh, you'll be golden. You'll be on some lists. If your name is Chris, don't play for the Flames. Okay. That was something. Thanks, intern John. Those are all connected. I, I appreciate your work. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that maybe Mike and Chris are unique names per se. But they're there. Like, Eldrick is a unique name. No, no. These are not the unique names. Oh, okay. No, these are the most common names. Out of... Okay. Yeah. I think you said unique. That's why I was a little thrown. By yeah, there's... That's okay. Yeah, out of 646, there's 184 unique names. Okay. Uh, great job, pal, uh, on that stat. So, the Flames should go acquire a Michael at the deadline. Is that what you're saying? One million percent. Okay. I like it. Um... We've Mike, also asked you, Michaels the, are free agents. Uh, do you want to squeeze in a couple texts before we say goodbye? I think we should. All right, let's do it, GVP. Mm-hmm. Holly from Chester Mere. I have a better chance of winning the lottery and getting hit by lightning in the same day than a Flames comeback in the third period. I think it's a little harsh. Both those feel <laughs> extremely unlikely, but yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah. You know, men are like. Uh, what is it? Three times more likely to be hit by lightning than women. Okay, that feels arbitrary, but okay. No, I saw like a stat on Twitter about that. I thought it was very interesting. Don't <laughs> golf with when it's lightning out either, or just drop your club once you swing it. I don't even. All right, li- let's get. Dude, I don't even like to golf in like a light mist. Okay. <laughs> Let alone a thunderstorm. Right. Okay, keep it going. Dave and Airdrie, I have one leg, and I have a better chance of winning an ass-kicking contest than the Flames do at a third-period oh comeback. Thank you for your honesty, and I kind of enjoyed that one. Dang. That's a... Yeah, it's a tough break. Yeah, dang. I'm going to stick with dang. <laughs> yep. All right, one more before we say goodbye. Joel, 
I have a better shot at beating Brian McGratton in a fight than the Flames do <laughs> when they are down a couple. <laughs> Very nice. good. Referring to our interview with Luke Gazdick early on in the show. Hands um, like telephone books, man. Yeah, that's it for us. Um, we're not here Monday, and this might shock our listeners. I'm off Tuesday, Wednesday the next week. Wow. it's You know what? You've been grinding, man. So I have. Yeah. I've done what? Four straight weeks of the show? Yeah, good for you. Wow, incredible stuff. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to get a little sleepy. Yeah. Someone, four straight weeks. Can we get this guy a medal or a trophy or yeah. something? I definitely need a break. I need a break. Some sort of prize? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Round of applause. That'll work. Thank you. Just hold this station up by myself. So Maddie can... What? Maddie is doing the show Tuesday, Wednesday with I don't know who. I'm assuming Patrick. <laughs> I hope so. But I'll be back Thursday. So please send all your texts that I'm on vacation again for a couple days. You want to uh, drop your, your Twitter handle just so people can get you at you over the weekend Yeah, at George well? Russick. There it is. Perfect. At George Russick. Great. I expect to text. Um, I expect to tweet from a man Scoot, who's really <laughs> concerned about my vacation schedule on Twitter. Shout out to Scoot. That means he likes me. He's he tracking it, me. bro. Yeah, he he loves your takes. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, that's it for us. Mercifully, uh, there's no yep. Patrick today for Big Show Mucho, so we're doing a Big Show replay, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. Like be- best of. Are we sure about that? It is the best, and it is the Big okay. Show. Well. Maybe some of the big show. Best is maybe a strong word. This is this is a collection of audio from the show today that hopefully won't make you drive your car into the ditch. Okay, that's that's what we strive for every morning. All right, that's it for us. Have a great long weekend. Enjoy the Flames game tomorrow. Hopefully it's an electric factory. Um, I'll talk to you Thursday. Maddie will talk to you Tuesday. Have a great long weekend, everybody. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.